0: Today, here on the AF Mindset podcast, um, hosted by Sports Epreneur, we have Hugh Roberts, professional soccer player. He plays for the Monterey Bay FC in the USL Championship. He's the creator of Backyard Footy. He's a founder of the Footies Got You Foundation, an executive committee member of USL's Black Players Alliance, an executive board member of the Anti Racist Soccer Club. And I'm sure I could go on and on, but, you know, I'm just honored and privileged to have you here. You thanks for being here.
1: Of course, it's an honor. Thanks for having me.
0: I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So you got all those accolades. and I know I always like to talk about like, this is where you are. This is what you're doing. But where have you come from to get here? Like your experiences in your family and your background up to now as a, a professional soccer player, as an athlete activist, there's there, you've had influence, like, what would you, how would you describe those influences?
1: You know, I'd definitely say my father, my upbringing definitely influenced me. He's oh. Jamaican, he played soccer at NC State, played semi-pro, so it was pretty much growing up like the ball boy for him, always running around. I was there at his games all the time and grew up watching him yeah, pretty much probably did the sport starting off because of him, kind of thing. Okay. So that had a lot of influence on me. And then, you know, just the people around me that were close, like another Caribbean families were also close with us, also playing soccer. You know, soccer's heavy down there. And yeah, yeah. So that was definitely a big influence in my life and got me started with that.
0: I appreciate it. So my sister in law is Jamaican American, <laughs> she's the youngest of nine. Mm. Um, her parent, her parents are immigrants from Jamaica and they're hard workers. Check this out though. All the boys are engineers and all the girls are doctors of some sort. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, that's just deep on so many levels, like just the, the sacrifice. And then my mom's an immigrant from the Philippines. So just the, having that as part of our story and the influences that our parents our siblings give give to us is is deep right right definitely how about that how about being an activist where where did that come from
1: i played this sport and i did this for my family for yeah definitely for my family for sure not just my immediate family but my extended family wanting to help them out my mom's from new york i was born in new york her whole family's up there she's one of eight so you know if you've been to new york you've seen what new york is like and you know, that was kind of my mindset early on as a child. And so like activism within itself was just, it was almost like a timing thing. It wasn't necessarily like, I'm just gonna speak up. It was more so like, this is affecting my life and it's gonna affect my family just because I play a sport. doesn't mean I couldn't be in the same situation as everything that's going on with, you know, within certain communities. I could be the same victim as well. So, you know, that kind of led me to, you know, if Ahmaud Aubrey. that's really where it started. It just affected me the most being, at, at the time I was down in Charlotte, Charlotte, North Carolina. I never really lived in the South before. I was from the North. So it was a completely different culture for me. And so it was more so, you know, if it's affecting me, my life is affecting my family. And it was the timing of it. And I felt it was a right to just speak up in general.
0: I appreciate it. I think, you know, that a lot of people have been affected um, inspired maybe like just did some soul searching around the Black Lives Matters movement. Um and we have a connection in Charlotte too. My best friend lives there um and my two godsons. So I've been there. It that's the South, although they say it's East Coast. Let them tell it it's the East Coast.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right. Over here, you think it's just the east versus west, but it's really like west, north, south, and I guess middle. But there's a big difference between the north and the south. I've lived in both, and yeah.
0: (laughs) What's the difference for you?
1: Um, I would say north's a little more industrial, bigger cities. um, Definitely more of a, a city life a little bit. I would say, obviously, the weather's a little colder, but because of that, I would say people are a little more... I guess aggressive into themselves some, and it's all about business and you know a dollar. And the conversation is going to start off like, "What do you do for a living?" Instead of just like, "How are you doing?" Because your job title really matters. Um, and in the South is a little bit more of a slower pace, Southern hospitality. You know, you walk down the street, a couple head nods here and there. How you doing, young man? Those kind of things. North, you get none of that really. I, I lived in Philly. I played for Bethlehem Steel. Um, uh-huh your organization and I lived in Philly Fairmount Park, right? It's a good area, but not too far from the north. And even I've had altercations and occasions too and during my during my regular career and season, right? Like you're trying to focus on your season, but also living in the city and surrounded by drama and anything can happen too. So yeah, it was def- definitely a different lifestyle, so different comparisons, but you know, all fun within itself definitely grew me and turned me to the man I am today.
0: Yeah, of course. Of course. Thank you for that. I mean, coming from your experience from New York, being, you know, a a black man with Jamaican heritage, like when you step off the field, you can easily easily be just anybody else and be treated that way. Right.
1: Exactly. Six, four. I mean, I even had police stop me walking a dog in Philly, too. Just Yeah. (laughs) Right. That's real. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's real. I mean, and and. The fact that you can express yourself, perform, represent on the field, like, you know, the word code switching, you know, this whole thing about like code switching, how, do you, is that something you do intentionally off the field and then on the field? Like, how, how does that work for you?
1: Yeah, I would, def- I would definitely say you have to, someone say even like put it on a mask a little bit, right? It's yes. Kind of switching that mode and zone. You, you do. I would tend to say I'm not someone, I don't like to be fake, I don't like to be different people. I would say it's more of a natural thing where I have like a work mode, have a chill mode, have, you know, interview time, time to all, you know meet fans and meet and greets kind of thing. Yep. You, know, you know, you know how to provide different energy for certain aspects. I would definitely say you definitely have to handle yourself in different situations in terms of even if you step out for a drink or if you, you know, just walking around in the city kind of thing. That's why most times us athletes are just chilling in our house because you don't even want to just get involved with daily altercations like that so yeah it's you think about all those things too and like you said even just being myself in Philly right just being a 6'4 black guy can be mistaken and even in Charlotte was I would say you would think about in the south in a sense, but let's say if you're on the outskirts of Charlotte, you would have that vibe in like the smaller towns, but Charlotte within itself is like a, it's a pretty big city. So I felt, I lived uh-huh. in the city for two years. I felt comfortable walking around at nights, even walking late at night, walking home because of the Southern hospitality a little bit. I would definitely say it's a little more love in that sense. People, like I said, would give you the head nods and they'll look out for you more than than a little bit more than North per se. But yeah, just within, the, within Charlotte's realm, you go outside the bubble, it completely changes. <laughs>
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. How how have you learned to manage your different environments and the media, your fans? Like it, I think that's a skill. I don't think you're you're born with it, right? It, it's something to be developed and you need people to guide you. How how did you develop that wherewithal and knowledge about how to kind of like navigate each of these environments?
1: That's a good question. Uh, I would definitely say experience. And, Having guidance, like my parents, for sure. My parents are my biggest supporters, so they listen to every interview since I was, I remember my first interview, my first interview was my sophomore year in high school, and they've watched every, you know, newspaper, or sorry, read every newspaper article, just everything. So if I ever messed up, my mom was the first one and my dad as well in the kitchen or they gave me phone calls to this day. I heard your podcast, heard, saw your interview, saw your quote on the website, something I didn't like. My mom early on in high school was like, I didn't like you chewing gum in your interviews. So I stopped chewing gum on my interviews. And that's something I noted because it's very important. I would just be smacking away chewing my gum <laughs> after a game or something. It's like Even after a game, just kind of just like toss it away and just like focus on it. I do that to this day. So those little things like that helped me out early on. And then, you know, just going through from high school to college, now that the pros, learning the experiences, seeing also I'm someone kind of pays attention to the media, but learning from other people's mistakes and seeing how the, saying the wrong words can cost you and saying doing the wrong post can cost you too. So, yeah, I definitely watch others as well and kind of learn from their mistakes too.
0: Tell me about Monterey Bay FC. You know, it is the team you play on right now. I have to say it, but I'm going to say it with love. Like you took our W from us at our home opener. And you're the one that scored the winning goal. Like. ah. (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I can't hold it against you. That's the way the ball bounces literally and figuratively. And, you know, we have another chance in just about a week and a half or so um, to kind of redeem ourselves. But um what's it like being in california for you monterey is beautiful the monterey bay aquarium canary row i've been there a lot like how, how have you experienced it so
2: far
1: uh i'm enjoying it i would say it's a little chilly so i got this coat on right now a little bit um you know, being on the coast is different. Like, But I I have Jamaican, like I said, it kind of reminds me of a little Jamaica vibe. Just, I've never lived so close to the beach. I've always been on the East Coast.
0: Mm. So to
1: have the beach 20 minutes walking, it's nice. I just got a little e-bike too. You can see my little bike right here too.
0: Oh, I, I see it. That's cool. I got That's a little cool. e-bike
1: now, so I don't even drive to practice, just ride my bike and just ride through neighborhoods. Ride at the beach is like a five minute bike ride. And yeah, I'm definitely loving that aspect of it. And then just getting used to, you know, the new club, new environment. I'm bringing in brand new organizations. It's the first time I'm with the, a first time mm-hmm. you know, inaugural year with the club. So mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. it's n- another
1: new experience for me, too, but it's something I'm enjoying. And, you know, it's a nice vibe out here, too. So it also helps.
0: Good. 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 I appreciate that. I love the e-bike. That's cool. You're being environmentally correct, too, <laughs> out here. <laughs> got, to, got,
1: to. <laughs> got to be. Man, gas is crazy out here. And oh, mean, yeah, I got this for like fifty percent off online. A teammate found it for us. Uh, me and like two other teammates have it, and I know I'm gonna make my money back in like two months. And like I said, I don't even drive my my car like that anymore. Once a week, it is a bless.
0: <laughs> yeah, isn't it like six six fifty now a gallon? That's... Uh, well, I
1: was, I could find somewhere for like five ninety, but I mean, it's still I mean, crazy six dollars pretty much.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, good for you. Good for you. That, that's activism, too, right there, in my opinion.
1: So. <laughs> <Right>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> for those who don't know, what what's the day in the life of a professional soccer player? What What is like your schedule? Do you have routines? Like, when do you train? What times are pre-meeting? Things like that.
1: Yeah, so... I would say here is a little different than other clubs, but let, let's just give you here for now since I'm here. Yeah, we start at 10:30 on the field, so you have to be there an hour before, like 9:30. Guys can come in at like nine, maybe even 8:30, get some rehab and stretch. Do you think get some breakfast in the lounge, hang out, watching TV, you got ESPN going on, locker room kind of thing. Nice. Um, and then let's let's think. I used to go to the gym before trainings, but. We have, we have gym every Tuesday and Thursday. So after training, we'll go to the gym. But training usually lasts from like 10.30 to 12.00, 12.30 the latest. Um, and it's pretty cool here. So it's not like it's it's real hot in the afternoons or, or doing practice that late. It's actually like a perfect time. And then from there, if it's a Tuesday or Thursday, you know, shower up. I wouldn't say eat a little food. I will say eat a little snack. It's not like certain clubs do. But we don't really get lunch out here like that. Hmm. And then we go straight to the gym for like 45 minutes to an hour with our trainer. That's till around. That starts usually around like one o'clock. So one to like two. And then guys usually hang out, um, grab a bite to eat. And then around like three o'clock, you're going back to your place. So almost like a full day a little bit. But that's Tuesday and Thursdays. And let's say that's a non-lift day. You're done by like 1230 um, before one. And then me personally, I'm just like, yeah, I'm just like biking home. Going through neighborhoods, that kind of thing. It's it's nice. <laughs>
0: Good for you. No, I like it. I, I I'm like envisioning our facility here at the Oakland Roots, the way you're talking about. It. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like I can I can like see the guys doing it based on your description because I'm I'm there every day. I see it. I'm like, okay, it's similar.
2: Except <laughs> yeah.
0: our weight, our weights, and our 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 gym is on site, so we don't have to go mm, nowhere.
2: Mm, so
0: that's mm-hmm. a beautiful thing. Um, and new this year, you know, at, cause right. we're at the, um, old Raiders facility. So it's like, we get to benefit from that space.
1: Right. Yeah, right. So, cool. that. Yeah, that. Awesome. Cool.
0: so tell me, I mean, you have that schedule, but yet you have time to be in these other professional and, and like, you know, entrepreneurial endeavors. Like that's, a, that's amazing. Like, tell me about, um, backyard footy.
1: Yeah. So backyard footy started in 2018 when I was in Pittsburgh. I really had the idea for it in 2017 when I was in Philly. I mean, I was watching ESPN. Well, I watched ESPN for the most part. And I'm just like, these guys, professional sports analysts, never talk about soccer. It's like they always say they know every sport in the world. They know every sport, but never about soccer. So I was like, how can I create a channel that's cheap? We're on USL contracts, but can you know get the word out there and podcasts weren't booming like it is now but it's definitely growing so let me get a little podcast got a new computer two mics and like that was that but my idea was every time this was my fifth year in the league I know about at least one player on each team on the east coast it was like let me whenever they come in town I get them on my show pick them up from the hotel come to my um apartment complex interview them on my couch take them back to the hotel the night this is the night before the game all my homies were down for these are Shout out my homies for doing that for, for real in the beginning. Yeah,
0: shout out! Yeah. But um, <laughs>
1: did that, and then 19, I moved to Charlotte, did the same kind of idea, but then I got a video camera, I started doing stuff and I'm putting on my episodes on YouTube. And then I found a videographer and photographer, so I started doing like practice visuals, and I started doing hmm. game visuals on top of the podcast as well too. And then, you know, COVID hit, movement came, Got my own podcast. I'm a black athlete in this realm. I was like, why not use my podcast to educate people on what we're going through? Did a couple Black Lives Matter episodes with like 10 to 15 USL MLS players throughout the league. Um, talked about all our black struggles growing up in this country playing soccer. The second episode led to FC Cincinnati donating 250K to local minority communities because Fatai Alashi at the time, who was on Cincinnati, saying how he got racial hate messages in his DMs and they just put out like a you know anti-racist tweet or whatever and saying they support anti-racism or whatever but he's still getting racial DMs so that was that was still probably the most impactful thing in my, my podcast and then from mm. there I created Black Lives Matter t-shirts. People want to help me raise money but people want to donate regular money created a GoFundMe which then created my foundation which is called Footy's got you now which is a 501c3 and then, you know, fast forward Charlotte, I was doing the same thing with visuals last year, in game and play, throughout the practices as well. And then now here in Monterey, um, kind of doing the same thing, getting some more, more visuals. I found a little podcast studio, so i want to I'm gonna get back in that like next month throughout the rest of the season. But yeah, definitely trying to grow that brand. My, my idea with that is I want Back here 40 to be like an entertainment company where I'm showing you, you know, insides of pre game days practices around the whole country not just whatever market i want to travel show you different usl markets mls markets behind the scenes kind of thing and also interview players still after practice or maybe even in our home like an mtv crib kind of thing but mm-hmm. you know that's my vision with it and just you know grow soccer soccer is not even on tv so that's got to change
0: <laughs> i agree i mean i think that's amazing i, I think you're you know you're moved to do something and you do it. I mean, I think that's amazing. You see the opportunities, you bring visibility to the issues that matter to you. Um, I think it's great. I think it's great. And, and on top of that, you're, you're the executive, executive committee member of the USL Black Players Alliance. What, what is the USL Black Players Alliance?
1: saw Black Players Alliance is a group that we founded in 2020 during the movement, and it was really a group to amplify, amplify all the minorities in the, within the league. You know, during the time, the movement, George Floyd, everyone was coming together throughout the sports industries, creating their leagues, and we felt it was right to represent the USL and our players. I would definitely say from the time, some of the memberships definitely t- dec- decrease a little bit, but we've still been working hard and diligently. We've now, you know, we helped form the United Against Racism campaign within the league, but now we're starting to do our own things. We're partnering with some HBCUs, mm. trying, to, uh, trying to partner and trying to do some camps, trying to get some black players their licenses when they when they uh finish their careers and stuff too. So, so yeah, working on doing our things and creating our own identity within the league. I
0: appreciate it. So I'm gonna, say, I'm gonna say, let me know how I can help in any way. I'd love to help. And this is the perspective I come from. So um, like I had shared with you earlier, my mom's an immigrant from the Philippines and my dad um, is from Ventura County here in California. First guy in his, his um, family to go to four-year college. They're both social activists um, and raised me with that, that attitude and that, that belief and value. And there was a time in my life where I was going through some stuff and I just felt like Black people poured love into me, like I, without question, um, showed me love, showed me a family, showed me uh, a renewed purpose in what I do. And so I'm always going to highlight Black people and Black communities like anywhere I can. It's, It's just how I move. It's how I move and how I live. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted you here, for us to share this conversation and for me to sort of like be fully transparent with you about like where I'm coming from. Um, And so I I just wanted to share that um, and that like, I mean it when I say, you know, if there's anything I can do to help, I want to. So
1: appreciate you for that.
0: Yeah, of course. Do you know, do you know Devante DeBose?
1: Yeah, yeah, I do. He's on the BPA too. Okay. We we meet weekly.
0: Whoa. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's that's a friend of mine. He's, he's a, a very dear, good friend. Um, and so that's cool. I love how like there's connections that we discover when we're, when we're chatting with one another.
1: Yes. Yes. I'll definitely yeah. give him a shout out for you.
0: Yes, for sure. Um, wait a minute. And you guys are both I'm not going to talk too much about him because he's not here like, to really like engage with that. But you guys have had some really cool you're having really cool things in your personal life go on. Uh-huh. When we were, when we were on um, the USL impact series together, that's how we first connected. Um, they did a talk about um, what comes after awareness, how to sustain the impact of mental health initiatives in the USL. That's where we first met and and we kind of chatted a little bit and you had shared some personal news. Do you want to share it here so everybody can congratulate you?
1: Uh, oh, about the engagement recently? Yes. <laughs> I appreciate you. Yeah, me and I guess Devonte too. But yes, met her out in Charlotte. She I have a home in Charlotte. She's still currently in Charlotte, but she'll be coming out here for the summertime. She's a school counselor, so has to do the school system and the whole school cycle throughout the year. So no, nah, it's been good though. You know, me moving out here definitely wanted to secure some things and let her know how I was feeling too. So yeah, it was awesome.
0: Oh, I know Charlotte. That's that's the place. And you know, my production company is housed in Charlotte. My podcast production company, mm. Eric Kazimov, is from Charlotte. Um, yeah, I have. It's it's almost like I feel like I have family there, like chosen family. Um, <laughs> it's just it's cool, super cool. Tell me about you are an executive board member for the anti racist soccer club. What what is that?
1: Um, anti racist soccer club was formed around the same time, but you know, we kind of noticed how. Clubs put out a lot of statements, they'll so back it up. Everyone, is pretty much saying they support anti racism, but they have all white board members putting out all, all these anti racist things. But you know, your boards and your your motives don't reflect what you guys are putting out. So, we formed there's like five of us, five, six of us, we came together to hold the clubs accountable and actually create positivity and change within their communities, affect Black businesses um affect your within your organizations create change within your board members create new rules we have a 10-point plan on our website follow the 10-point plan and then you know create some effectiveness within your communities kind of thing and then we also not like hold you accountable like that but we follow up and check in with you every quarterly or every so often and you know see what you guys went up to how can we critique it and do better within your community and your organization
0: I love it. I was checking it out and I was reading through the 10-point plan. Were you a part of creating those, those 10 points?
1: Well, yes and no. Bilal Saeed is the founder. already had kind of the 10-point plans in place. Okay. and brought it to me and Brandon Miller and we kind of discussed it, critiqued it. Uh, that was also kind of like the pillars for the United Against Racism campaign within the league. So, yeah, Bilal kind of was the origin of it and then he brought it to us and we all kind of critiqued it.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. You can't build all that on your own. You need other minds and perspectives and visions about it. Um, You know, we're proud at the Oakland Roots sports club to be an anti-racist soccer club. So it's amazing. Yeah. I hope that, you know, we're the only one in the USL championship right now. And I hope that that doesn't stay the same way too long. I want, (laughs) it's important for everyone to get on board here and do the work. It's not just, you don't just get to say that, but like, you got to commit to the 10 point plan and like put that into effect. Exactly. Um, so I, I love it. I love it. There's, there's gotta be some accountability there. You don't just get to say that. Um, so I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. What? So we're coming to you. We're coming to you. I think it's June 3rd. We're going to come, come play you. Oh yeah. Wow. It's at your home field. Wow. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, what'd you say?
1: Bring a jacket.
0: <laughs> Bring a jacket. <laughs>
1: Nah, I'm not gonna lie. These night games are. A
0: jacket. That's hilarious.
1: Empty.
0: Well, it's funny. We bring. We wear a jacket here in Oakland at night. When uh-huh. it, when at halftime, we start at seven, you know, and then at halftime, everybody's putting their jacket on nice if, if they hadn't already because nice. we got the win too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Off
1: the
0: bet. but I look forward to it. Like I, I want to be there. Um, I get I I go to um all the home games, but this is one this one, and then Sac Republic is like within driving distance, where you don't have to get into a plane to go. So right. that's, I, that's my goal to, to be there. And, and, and I'd love to, I'd love to see you. I mean, secretly, I'm going to be cheering all of you guys on. I, I, I mean, I, I'm, I love my roots. I want us to win. Don't get me wrong, but everybody's human. Everybody's doing their thing. Everybody's making a living, doing their job. Mm-hmm. And so maybe I'll get to meet you in person there.
1: Yes, definitely. Come say hello. I we'll love you guys to come out.
0: Yeah, that'd be awesome. Well, thank you again so much. I want to make sure, is there anything else that you want to highlight that you want to make sure um, that you put some representation to or visibility to you're doing so many amazing, wonderful, just awe-inspiring things. It's just, you know, I want people to hear and know that, you know, professional athletes have other things going on. You know, they're more than just their sport and, Hugh is, an ex, is a very exemplary example of that. And so I want to give you the mic and make sure that you get to highlight everything that you want to highlight that I'm, I might have missed or um, went over too fast. So the mic is yours right now.
1: I, I appreciate you. Definitely You know, follow Backyard Footy on all platforms. Backyardfooty.org is my website, one word. Footy. one word on, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of that. Um, And, you know, definitely in terms of pro athletes, my vision with backyard footy and just doing what I'm doing is, yes, I have a degree, I went to George Mason University and studied business, but to be frank, I'm not really trying to work in the corporate industry coming from a professional realm doing what I've been doing for nine years now. I wanna kinda use backyard footy as my job when I finish and Mm. continue with, stay within the soccer realm, control my own schedule, be the boss of my own entity kind of thing and then build that brand and business. And, you know, hopefully that's what I do. Not saying it's it's hundred percent everything. I'm going to do other things on the side of make some income, but you know, that's my vision with it. And so just, if that's your vision, you have some other things you want to do, definitely just start it. You you literally never know, like because of not saying because of it fully, but because of those episodes, Black Lives Matter episodes, we helped form the BPA because we talked after in group chats like, yo, this is powerful. We need to come together and create our own group boom, the BPA happened and we formed because of the timing of George Floyd. Um, Also, like I said, because of Fatai, FC Cincinnati, um, I would say, you know, just a bunch of other powerful conversations that I've had have opened the doors for, you know, even giving you guys visuals now and videography and things Doing live podcast shows at a brewery on, on YouTube and stuff too. Like definitely never would imagine these things when I was sitting on my couch in 2018, you know? So I was just doing what I was doing and you know year after year new doors open up and I was even with ESPN in Charlotte to ESPN 730 working at their podcast studio before COVID too so just do just just follow in just try you you literally never know too and anything can happen so I appreciate you for letting me on and giving me the time as well
0: of course of course thank you people need to hear you people need to hear you know what you stand for and what you're about that's important for other athletes too and other non-athletes that, that right. you have a platform a voice like you you aren't just gonna sorry about the basketball metaphor but shut up and dribble you're not mm-hmm. just gonna do that
1: right exactly we're
0: you're not you're they don't get to shut you up
1: <clears throat> exactly
0: you know and so I love the encouragement you know to others who are listening like do you follow your dream like he wants to be a entrepreneur That's what he was talking about. He's not trying to work for anybody else. He wants to create and design his own brand that you have full control over
1: exactly, in
0: in all aspects. And so follow him on all his platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We're going to like do you up on our show notes so people can read them as well. Um, It's it's important. I mean, this goes without saying, but I want to give a little bit of representation to it is, you know, all, all that, that, Black players, Black people have gone through over history, but in in our immediate history around Black Lives Matter and what's come up, how, how have you found your peers, colleagues, friends, yourself, how has that impacted your mental health to have gone through all of that?
1: Yeah, I mean, wow. <clears throat> Definitely a rollercoaster ride when I look back in the origins of it, you know, Ahmaud Aubrey, like I said, personally for me, because at the time was COVID, I was jogging around all the time in the, in my girlfriend, my fiance's place was in Rock Hill, South Carolina, not even in Charlotte. So I'm jogging around Rock Hill, North Carolina, I'm not from the South. So it happens. And now I'm paranoid, checking my shoulder all the time.
2: She's
1: she's texting me or timing me when I'm on jogs now, making sure I'm getting home at certain times, like little trauma like that, right? I'm a pro athlete, right? Just trying to stay in shape for my season. So at that time it was definitely heightened and led me, drove me for the last couple of years. And you know my, my friends and family have been supportive and people have reached out that I didn't even think would be reaching out, but people reached out and showed love and support. And it's also shown me who's with me, who isn't with me. Mm-hmm. And um, now it's at the point where I see times have changed a little bit, where it's a little more pro, pro-Black in a sense where I would say people are looking for more like black creatives a little bit more, and mm-hmm. of course supporting black industries and businesses a little more. So you know, it's it's, it's interesting how times work, but um, it's definitely something that took some time to grow my mentor over the years. But I see the benefits of it, and it's now just like fueled me a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, yeah, you're j- again just trying to be the human that you are out in your environment, and something like that happens, and then you're gonna have. Your, you your girlfriend fiance now is going to have anxiety feelings worry about you being safe
1: even even now still to a sense too she's just making sure i get home at night still just you just never know and then, to be very frank my first time on the west coast but i would definitely say besides like oakland besides like the compton maybe venice area it's not too many like black people out here in general either so uh, i'm definitely like standing out when i'm riding my bike through the communities it's all spanish communities and no problem, but you know they and I have dreads and everything too. It's easy to recognize me to a T. So, you know, she's this in the back of our minds a little bit, you know.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, to, to, to take it to so my daughter, she she's lighter complected than I am, but we talk about and we have our family, chosen family is always around, and we talk about like Auntie Whitney, who's who's the one in Charlotte, talks with her sons about how you need to behave when you're driving Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right and so she's coming up learning how to drive now and she's so i don't want to say she's funny but she goes mommy like i'm scared to drive i don't want to learn how to drive i'm like how come it's like because all the stories i hear about like what we have to be worried about Mm -hmm. i'm like well baby girl the cool thing is is you have light skin privilege right now like you you don't you are not a black person (laughs) (laughs) so that makes a difference she's like oh really Oh, OK. So to recognize, you know, her privilege, but that all the people around her, her godbrothers, family, chosen family are black people. She like, you know, I guess naturally so puts herself in that category and and, and internalize that worry.
1: Right. 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 Of course. Of course.
0: Yeah. So I was like, baby girl, you don't have to worry. She's like, oh, OK. OK, <laughs> that's good. But I'm still going to I'm still going to be careful. I'm like, OK, but it, but it, it's it's. Those are the conversations that a lot of people don't know if you're not a brown or black person or in the BIPOC community that you have to have with your children as part of raising them. Right. Learning how to navigate your environment, learning how to navigate police, right. um, driving like that's that's
1: the police like a police, rite of passage. Police thing is very serious. Like like I said, I got pulled over just walking down the street, even in Philly a bunch of times. And, you know, if you literally act a certain way and, you know, just give you just talk back. That's why I give Child some, you know definitely my parents who raised me a certain way. I wasn't raised a certain way, you know, speak polite manners, all kind of things. Like, oh man, I'm thinking sometimes I'm not even making a practice the next day, and I have to deal with this stuff. You know, it's my daily life, and it's just crazy. Yeah, wow, <laughs> times.
0: And that that impacts your mental health and your ability. I mean, if you don't feel safe, that's gonna overall you know impact your overall well being. And, right. and your mental health, your ability to make decisions in healthful ways to be able to control your emotions. And it's, it's a lot, you know, it's, it's a whole nother layer that people take for granted who aren't in it. Right. And I think that's important to recognize. I want to highlight that for sure. Like being a pro athlete is not all like, what do they call it? Um, roses and unicorns or whatever. It's not glorified all the time. right? And people do need to know what the day-to-day experience is. And that's, like you with your podcast and, and all that you're doing, I want, I'm doing the same way to have conversations like this with my podcast, um, around race, um, equity, inclusion, athletes are more than what they play. They're humans. You know, it's like, it's so important. That's why I wanted you to talk about your day and like, bring, bring like your day can be like a pretty okay that's a day like that's like a day at the office right. okay that's fine <clears throat> and like don't like i don't know this is my thing like don't put so much on it and like then expect things from athletes that you're not expecting from yourself even right. i don't know it's it's mm-hmm. this platform that that people idealize you on right and then if you don't meet it then you're like already
1: I'm well, a mess and everything uh-huh. Not even like not commenting back, not responding back, not taking a picture, not signing an autograph.
2: And a lot of times, like,
1: I just, I'm, we are very minuscule in a sense compared to what the guys' NBA and all this stuff is. But I can definitely see how they can get annoyed and even, you know, just bother sometimes with a constant bombarding of autographs and pictures and fans like we like I said is a minuscule because it's more personal in the USL you guys can come up to us and stuff yes people are way players are way more receptive and understanding and do those things but on that scale and having hundreds of thousands of people always bombarding you man I I can see it I can understand a little bit too so I definitely agree
0: yeah and then it can be misread right like Mm -hmm. like people have bad days they're not robots that's a lot of like on them all the time, all the time. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's a skill that has to be learned. So I had asked you to like share your last thoughts, and we started talking about a whole bunch of other stuff. So I, know,
1: right?
0: I love it when that happens. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Me too.
0: Well, thank you again for your time. You're you're doing some amazing endeavors. You know, good luck with everything in the future, Monterey FC. Your your new life as a married man and your wedding. Like like, I wish you all the best there.
1: Really appreciate you.
0: Thanks you.
2: I'll see you soon. Have a good one. One of my favorite things about our sports epreneur content platform is the opportunity to chat with amazing people in and around the world of sports. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you want to connect more, hit us up on Instagram at sports epreneur. Thank you for listening to this source production, the Sports Epreneur podcast, the podcast where sports and entrepreneurship collide. The bottom line is we want to help with your sports-related brand, your content marketing, and your story. Connect with us on Instagram at sportsepreneur or find us online at sportsepreneur.com. Sports the content platform where sports and entrepreneurship collide.